source for Warhammer Underworlds in under 30 season one cards you fondly remember. I'm Davey, your co-host, and with me as always, I got Phil. How are you, Phil? I am surviving isolation as best I can. Mm. And uh, a man who <laughs> doesn't need an excuse to isolate himself, we have uh, Dos Asos, a.k.a. Aaron. How are you, Aaron? Uh, pretty great. That's what I keep telling everyone. And you only fondly remember those cards because you haven't been playing with them in Warhammer Underworlds. <laughs> uh, I, I no longer have a, a spot in my heart for many of them. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's a tip off. We are talking today about Warhammer Underworlds Online, something we thought would be timely in this uh, in this era where we are not playing physical games unless uh unless someone in our immediate uh family or significant other or some such is uh is playing but uh that gives you the context it's uh march 27th and um everything is totally canceled at this point so uh we'll uh be going forward with that um some previews about to drop tomorrow by the time you hear this we'll we'll have uh, seen what those are uh, I'm not sure if there could be anything for uh, Underworlds. It feels like uh, feels like this season's pretty well revealed. Maybe we'll see something with cards or something like that. Maybe maybe we'll get a peek at season four. I don't remember how early that came, uh, but uh, possibilities, I guess. So let us know, future people. <laughs> send us <laughs> yeah. send us a, a sign uh, in the past. Yeah. Um, Figure out those time machines. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into the main topic, we're going to uh, do our community shout outs. Uh, Phil, you got a couple on here. Yeah. Um, so just just generally wanted to shout out Underworld's content creators as a whole. Most everybody's still been putting stuff out um, in a time where people are probably getting far fewer games than they would like. Um, having content creators who are still willing to or able to step up and put stuff out is uh, um, super awesome, um, super great to see the community still holding together through this. Um, and like John Wynn Reese, who we know works in the healthcare industry, still putting out articles. It's kind of like, oh, okay, man, <laughs> I can appreciate that. Uh, I know, I mean, Davey, you, you do some uh, healthcare work yourself. So, I mean, that's contributing to this same thing, helping people, uh, stay in the hobby, even through all of this. I mean, you yeah. can cut this, but you kind of work in the healthcare industry too, in a sense. I, yeah. I mean, kind of, but I don't have to like go out and interact with people. Thank goodness. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to be fair, like, <laughs> cause, cause gross, I mean, I do, right? Well, I, and I mean, like, just the level of, like, importance of my work versus what people on the front lines are doing is, I feel like, different levels. But you're right. I also work in healthcare. I, I'm, tipping, I'm tipping my cap to you. But I guess so do you, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> that, okay, it occurs to me now it sounds like I was fishing. Um, that is not my intention <laughs> at all. <laughs> With a comically oversized lure. Yeah. Um, and then uh, on that same subject, I want to um, shout out Stephen Van uh, of uh, College Shades yeah. Fire. He is, uh, he is uh, a nurse, I believe. He is uh, picking up extra shifts uh, working in a COVID containment unit. Um, so awesome stuff. Appreciate that. But uh, also anyone out there who's doing anything to kind of hold things together for other people. It's a time to help other people out. 
uh, whether you're doing that by going to your job, stocking shelves and really not getting the credit, um, you know, uh, even just the people working the register is getting abused from, from folks as, uh, as they go through, um, oh, like geez. they, we, we're that job away from like, if those people weren't showing up, then we'd be, it'd be total Lord of the flies up in here. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate, yeah. appreciate those folks doing it. Uh, and then anyone who's, uh, who's thinking away, if you're, if you're doing okay out there, um, if you have a secure income, then, uh, and you're, and you're using what, uh, time or resources you have to spare to see ways you can help out folks who are not as, uh, as advantaged, then, uh, awesome. And even if it's just, you know, chatting with people online or, or whatever the case may be, whatever piece you can do to help other people out, it's, uh, it's good stuff. So, um, if, if that re- refers to you, then we're shouting you out and, uh, pat yourself on the back. So that said, we're going to talk about what the heck is going on with us. And, uh, mine's real short, like tumbleweeds. The, uh, the only hobby I have done in the past 10 days is, uh, about 30 minutes of watching, uh, Phil among others of the mortal realms, uh, grander team do some live streaming for, um, uh, for Adepticon, Adepticon at home, uh, which is another example of, uh, people kind of filling and helping other people out. Uh, and other than that, um, with, with kids at home and trying to help my spouse, uh, work, work her job at home and doing my shifts, uh, which are not so much at home. It's, uh, it's been jam packed, but, uh, hoping to, uh, normalize and figure out some ways to do some other things. But, um, that's me, Aaron, what have you been up to? Uh, so that's where my tumbleweeds went. Apparently, you took some of them. Because um, <laughs> likewise, uh, so have you guys? You guys recorded since the announcement that Adepticon was canceled, right? No, we recorded no. Uh, about two or three days before. Like it, it, we were, we were, we were ominous in tone as we spoke about it. You know, I yeah, think we were it was both sort of about, the uh, yeah. writings okay. probably on the wall at that point is what I think we were intonating. All right, yeah. well, I'll, I'll tap into that subject a little bit. And that uh, surprise, surprise, I actually was planning, uh, 90% planning uh, mm. to play into the Grand Clash there at Adepticon. And um, I had gotten all my Thorns of the Bar Queen assembled, uh, spray painted to get ready to be painted up. Um, and so I was geared to go. In fact, I think I even played a game in advance. So um, that was, of course, now weeks and weeks ago. But uh, you don't come on the show all that often. You have to sort of dig deep to get the most recent updates. Uh, but with that being canceled, <laughs> uh, it's breaking my heart that it was uh, it was called off. Um, and thus all that, quote unquote, work was for nothing. Um, but I you know it's it sort of uh, scratched a little bit of an itch and reminded me how much I liked the models in the, the variety of Underworlds ranges. And so um, maybe I'll, I'll jump back into another warband and start assembling some other ones because lord knows i have plenty uh that need to be uh put together and mocked up so yeah uh that is where i'm at well at least phil what have you been up to phil uh well i for a while it was just work um things got a little crazy for a bit uh, but then I still have my vacation. I was planning on doing Adepticon as well. And um, I decided I'd keep my vacation and contribute for the uh, Adepticon at home. So I've been doing some of that. Um, I was with the rest of the Mortal Realms crew for uh, the Seraphon story phase, which should be out by the time this comes out, I would hope. <laughs> Maybe. I guess that's up to you, Aaron. Uh, Are you don't make me it? a liar. Um, 
<laughs> editing so a, fun. a four-person Zencaster uh, three-hour episode. I don't. I, I wouldn't put any sort of timeline on this. <laughs> what else are you doing? Um, I still work. <laughs> no, I know. Um, and and then uh, so yeah, so that's part of the hobby stream uh, that we were doing. I have been working on some Seraphon. Um, pulled those all out again. Um, starting to figure out what I've got, what needs to be. Uh, fixed and updated um lots of stuff that's still on square bases so doing that kind of cleanup which is a lot tougher than i remember um <laughs> but it's been fun it's been good um and now the only problem is i really want to play some age of sigmar which won't be happening anytime soon that is a big problem <laughs> uh yeah i was uh, as i descended into the uh, hobby den to set up the uh, recording. I'm seeing some of the figures out on the shelf and calling to you. Images. Yeah. I mean, Baby. it's weird after you almost kind of forget about it after so long, not doing anything, but uh, just seeing them again is, is exciting. But the, um, there's something to be said yeah. for like momentum. Yeah. Just sort of keeping sure. that going. Sure. sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so we are going into uh, the main topic here, and we're talking Warhammer Underworlds Online. Uh, we'll be covering sort of an overview, the initial impressions, pros and cons, uh, and what we think is perhaps the future, where it kind of fits into the uh, the overall Underworlds hobby. And uh, spoiler alert, I don't have a machine that can play this game, so I am coming at this from the perspective of someone on the outside looking in. So I'll be throwing questions the way of these uh technological overlords here uh phil and aaron <laughs> uh who will gaze down from their uh chrome and digital thrones i don't know where this is going <laughs> this uh, is great i love it you don't you don't have the, a, a graphing calculator you don't have a, <laughs> a, a microwave that, that can play it? it's it's kind of amazing that we even get this show done so um <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's that's where we're coming from on here. And then uh, I should also mention that that is the first time we've covered content that uh, we where we received something for review. So this uh, this we've received as review. So we should uh, just make that mention. Uh, we did not purchase it with our own uh, ducats from our pockets. Um, and uh, you can decide whether or not that uh, adjusts your your view of this uh, review. But I'd, I'd like to think it doesn't. I think most people it's right there in the name Warhammer Underworlds Online, but uh, let's talk about what exactly it is uh, and what current players of uh, Beastgrave or the, the tabletop version should know about it. So uh, somebody give me the rundown. We'll, we'll go with Phil. Yeah. So just a, the, the quick, you know, thousand foot view is that this game is uh, a digital adaptation of the board game. So everything, all the rules, all the cards, all the models, it's it's taking stuff directly from Shadespire and just turning it into a digital version. Um, uh, the nice thing is that the boards and the models are all 3D renders that have animations and look pretty cool. Um, so it does give a nice slick UI for you to work with. Um, but uh, things to keep in mind, um, this is starting back with Shadespire. So it is only season one rules. So we don't have spells. We don't have lethal hexes. We don't have um, like there's no hunter mechanics. There's none of that. 
So but, uh, something like guard, are you can you be driven back if you're on guard, etc. Uh, you can still be driven back if you're on guard. Yeah. Everything is just is exactly how it was in season one. So um, uh, just something to be aware of if you're hoping to jump into this and just start playing your same decks that you've been doing on the tabletop. That's that's not quite there yet. Um, and, and, and worth so noting that the, not all the warbands are even in place uh, either. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, so I guess, um, you want to say a little bit more about that? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, um, the idea is that they're sort of, I don't want to say slowly, but over time they're releasing, um, the different, uh, war bands for the game. So we know that there's the eight from the season one and uh, a fair number of them have been sort of released, uh, right out the gate. They had their initial four and then they released a, a couple after the fact, um, so far. Um, and we can get into what, what actually exists in the game currently, but the idea is that they're going to, um, release them over time, um, potentially as sort of separate like free dlcs versus maybe you may have to pay for them eventually um depending on what the war band is and with them come their own uh their own specific cards as well as potential for other like universals as well um so not all the content um not even just from a rules perspective but literally the content of the game doesn't uh sort of all exist currently but will be gradually released uh over time Hmm. so that's interesting so the, the universal pool is uh slowly growing and i um as i recall we were uh steel hearts reavers uh sepulchral guard and iron jaws is it the same initial four or do they go a different route it's not it's actually you swap out reavers from magors instead and then you've got your uh your initial four because guard steel hearts and iron jaws uh, ended up coming out uh, as well but um so they switched up a little bit on that front okay how about the universals yeah. are they you know, because uh, like Sepulchral Guard came with a certain set of universals when they dropped. Are those mirroring or are they coming out in a different order? As far as I can tell, they have been coming out um, in a different order. Uh, they are okay. they are divorced from the actual war bands entirely. Um, and so that's kind of nice that you, you do end up with a, a different... Uh, card pool than what you might expect you can't just like go online and be like oh these cards came with these things and now i know what to build um instead it's been a slow uh, addition in waves of like here's new universals um mm. so i'm trying to i'm trying to remember back to the conversation that we had with um steel sky right yeah. that's what they're called yep yeah okay cool um so did they say that literally it was just a matter of whichever ones they could program uh, easiest or cleanest or just in the order that they programmed the universals was the order that they were releasing them in or did I just make that up? I, I think that I, was a contributing factor to what they picked. You okay. know, like their, their uh, programming time is a limited resource um, and but I don't think it was strictly from easiest to hardest was the way they were going to do it. I think I think they're making time for some that they think are important to have in there, perhaps. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and as we yeah. know, some of these cards can be, you know, potentially incredibly complicated to program out. So you wouldn't be surprised if those ended up taking longer um, to make it into the game. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, so so it is talking about where basically you, when you're playing, you're playing in uh, with familiar elements, but it's a meta that never existed. Uh, at any, like it's a it's its own unique meta. It's a card pool and warband set at this point that was never the exact match that's kind of a, a fresh yeah here's the secret uh never know what the meta is and then any meta is brand new <laughs> yeah. uh hot tip yes there you go 
All right. Now you're thinking. Uh, so over anything else we want to hit on the overview or is that kind of give the, the broad picture for folks? I, I well, think I've, that really, Oh no, go ahead. I was just going to say um, the, the types of games or the ways you can play is maybe worth noting in that um, there is a, Oh God, I haven't actually clicked it, but there is potential for the, the like a ranked play system. You can play casual games against other players where you can invite someone to play against you, whether like you can generate a code or if they're your steam friend. Um, and then you also have the ability just to play against the computer or against the, the bot and sort of you can randomly right. pick pick an army or have them give a different um, – ha- they can have a handicap and so on and so forth. So there is a few different kind of ways to play uh, in the game. Um, so if you if you only wanted to play the, against the computer like I do, um, then you have that option. Uh, but if you want to test your metal against somebody else, you got that that choice as well, which I think why you're- most people play. If you're unwilling to test your fragile ego against another human being, then like Aaron, then you. Think, Actually, I was gonna uh, say, yeah, that's much better. That's a better way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I will say that the uh, the AI is not bad. They oh, yeah. uh, they don't make entire like I I in most of the games I've tried against the AI just to test it out, um, they didn't make decisions that left me scratching my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were much more aggressive than you probably should be, but I think that just is a nice, easy way to make an AI work. Um, but like, yeah, they didn't do crazy stuff. So okay. cool. if you're new to the game, that's probably a really good way to learn because like the computer's going to, you know, they're not going to stop you or anything. I was hesitant to bring up rank to play. Rank to play. Does rank play work? Like, are there ranks out there? I believe so. I haven't done okay. it yet, um, but sure. yeah, I, I think it, it's just a, it just keeps track of like your wins and losses and it okay. matches you up. I would imagine, be, like, I don't know. I saw at it some point in the, the beta Discord. Or in the, okay, because at some point in the beta or the alpha, it wasn't working and I didn't know if it had been turned on yet because like right. we said, I'm way too afraid to click it. It is, yes, I believe it's working now. I believe pretty much the game is everything you see is functional at this point okay. because it's okay. in like open early access like anybody can jump in for early access and a, that must be what the 25 by my name means all right cool carry on <laughs> 25th in the world confirmed mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's the overview uh why don't you hit us with some initial impressions and thoughts yeah so <laughs> so at at um like the first time that we got our hands on it in the pre-release, it was cool to see like how it was all going to come together after seeing a lot of the um, like preview videos that they'd shown of like the developers playing the game and then having done the interview with Steel Sky. So, we, I mean, we basically knew what it was going to be, but until you actually saw it, it wasn't entirely clear. Um, so it was super cool to actually like get in there and sort of get your hands on it and see it working. Um, I will say that it was, um, like there, there were some, uh, what's the word? Um, like quality of life things that weren't quite there yet. So it was a little slow to play through the games at the first, at the start, but I felt like it, it gave you the, um, the same feeling as playing the tabletop game um, in a digital format. Like you still had to like 
drag cards to your discard pile, like everything you would normally do, you still had to do in the digital version. And so it, it really did feel like you were sitting down at a table and playing the game, um, except that your your models moved and could fight and it was really cool. Um, and obviously it was it was a lot like going back and playing Underworlds for the first time because the universal pool was basically just the universals from the starter set. Uh, with a few exceptions, I believe. But mm-hmm. um, And that, uh, as you described that, I remember when we moved from the end of season two into season three and we lost uh, lost a, a full season of cards rotating out. I remember feeling like, man, there's just nothing to pick from. Yeah. And I had a full season plus a starter to, to pick from. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a, that's a scarcity problem there. Yeah. Yeah. I will definitely say when I was putting together my first like custom deck with that very small pool, I, I like, I was like, okay, so I've like grabbed all the things I want from Agores. How much stuff do I have? And I was like, oh, I still need to pick like five objectives and half of my power cards and i didn't have anything that i was like it was jumping out immediately as stuff that i really wanted to take so uh it's like being at work and having to like dive in this project and you're like oh i've been working forever how long has it been oh half an hour <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i think so, what, what struck me when i first fired up was kind of to phil's point the sort of physicality of the game like it I've played a fair number of video games. I, I mean, I know how, how it works, but um, it's fun to see different uh, board game adaptations and how they uh, sort of uh, come to life on the screen and how they can sort of replicate um, the sort of, you know, again, the physical aspect of actually playing a board game. Um, and I think they do a fairly good job. And there's just sort of m- like m- tiny uh, little aspects that you don't you wouldn't necessarily think about too hard but like they do sort of contribute to that um, physicality of the game like at one point if you if you have a card that lets you re-roll a dice you literally have to like find the dice you want to re-roll like that are just sort of sitting there and you get to click it and it re-rolls it for you which is kind of fun or to mm-hmm. Phil's point where you get to like play a card on the on the board itself which is pretty neat and so what really grabbed me when um, the pre-release sort of first came out was less about like the 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 game mechanics per se but rather the mechanics of the of like sort of being transported into this you know fake world here um which was uh kind of neat and and that's i guess maybe what i wanted out of it was um to get that uh that aspect of it and i was less concerned maybe about the game because we've we've played it long enough that um i knew it was going to be sort of a pared down version of the sort of expansive game that it's come out uh that it's come to be uh these days um and then like like you said uh there's there's plenty of cards where you you thought oh i wish i if i'm gonna play magors i know that the cards that i want to play even from season one or season two and to not really have those right away was kind of a bummer even though you kind of understand why and and it makes sense um but uh building those decks out it it never really felt like you were playing the game the way you remembered it to be played because you were missing some of those um fundamentals um and they sort of over overlapped your memory of like day one um you, when you when I think of season one, I think of the end of season one. I don't think at the beginning of it, uh, right? Per, per se, Gore's never existed in season one without ready for action. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and to, like almost to that point, like you want to build like an aggro deck from Gore's, but like you could only get halfway there before you had to start chucking in objective cards and stuff. Or like, I mean, literally oh, sure. hold objective cards. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. like that didn't really, doesn't didn't really gel. So because of that, I wasn't necessarily as I don't know. A, it didn't grab me as much the game part of it. Um. 
because I knew what what you know what was coming. Like I knew those cards that I wanted to play in, in this given deck for that given warband were were still yet to come. That's what I thought. Uh, Pre-release. Sure. What about you, Phil? With the with the additional updates. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm sorry. So but, so I felt like um very soon after getting through pre-release, um they were obvious so so I guess one thing that I'll say is that even now, um they have a really easy to use bug reporting feature, which I think is super handy because I know that like some games um, that allow players to report bugs. It's like, oh, you have to go, you know, find this email address and then send them a message. And then it, you know, goes into some, you know, black hole of emails that get sifted through at some point. Um, but they have it like right in the game. You can launch it like while you're playing and just say, Hey, I found this thing. Um, and so as being, you know, a, a pre-release play player and being an early access, like the whole, I mean, not the whole point, but part of the point is that, you know, people who are both getting, you know, sort of building up the, the hype for the game, you're also there to try and help smooth things out. And I felt like it was really nice to see that it was super easy to report issues. And then, like I was saying, right after that pre-release um they had pushed a ton of updates like it was like they'd done a, just a huge amount of work um to add in some like i was saying before there are some quality of life things that they added to just make the game a little smoother to play um some additional settings you can change so like um one that i i liked a lot was that you could you could set the game to automatically score your objectives if you had ones that you had scored in the in the round rather than having to choose it out of your objective hand and say that you'd scored it mm. um like there's or pros and cons real life. or forget yeah. to do so yeah <laughs> right right and so um like it, it was just one of those things that i don't necessarily like when i first played the game i was like oh yeah i scored this that and the that thing and it didn't really occur to me that it's like oh yeah i guess I should have to like grab the card and sort of show that I'm scoring it. Um, so it was, it's just nice to streamline some of those things. And, um, and I liked, I like having that, like it is gratifying to see a very quick response. It sort of shows that steel sky was like responsive and they cared about the community and the, the, they were looking at the feedback that people were giving. So, um, yeah felt really nice um the first card update also added a lot of um i mean there was a lot of things that got added that i liked uh i i think one thing that i latched on to right away that i saw was that we got hidden paths in the first update <laughs> um so it was like well there we go there's one that i'm probably gonna use um and then i believe key yeah keys made it into the first update so it was like oh okay. objective play is all mm. of a sudden um big time a, yeah. a viable choice and it was that's interesting which yeah. is nice because it's like well with such a small card pool then all of a sudden objective play is still very viable because um there's just not enough stuff to stop people from scoring so um, not without my scaven it's not <laughs> fair enough Fair enough. But so um, Aaron and I had played a game um, after the first update where I played Objective Sepulchral Guard, um, and it worked very well. Uh, I, I scored 
a whole lot of points with keys and um to be clear against aaron i was gonna say you you want to well i mean i guess (laughs) throw me under the bus take that for what it's worth but the point being that like the tools were there to be able to play an objective uh guard after just one universal card update um and i and i like that we got a lot of the tools for objective play before we got a lot of the strong tools for aggro um so it keeps, I feel like anyway, it kept things on a, a nice, even playing field. And I think that will probably help ease people into different play styles in the game that haven't actually played the tabletop version better. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something that I also appreciate. And I, I don't know for a fact that they're thinking about that when they decide which cards to put in the game. But if they are, I think that's a brilliant choice. Nice. Yeah, for sure. Well, and to, um, to that point, it seems like now with a more recent card update, they have introduced a few more of the, well, at least it seemed to me, um, they introduced more tools for like those, those aggro style decks. Um, yeah. so let's, <laughs> let's play that matchup again and see how it, how it goes. And normally I'm not a, a big, uh, aggro charge them up, rolling dice kind of, kind of guy, but, um, for whatever reason, I feel like it just, it just sort of, I don't know, for me, it just feels better a little bit in this game to sort of see your characters bum rushing, um, folks on the other side and seeing them, you know, charging and swinging their axes. Um, and the animations for like the dice are very gratifying to like when you hit a crit, like it explodes and gets all bright and stuff like that, um, which is all, uh, very neat. And maybe it's also, um, due to, if we're going to talk about things that have maybe improved over the lifespan of the game, the short lifespan that it's existed. Um, when it first came out, it kind of had some pathing issues. Like it wasn't really clear, like how you would charge or like what route you could take if you wanted to, you know, take the long way around to get to somebody. Um, but they also improved that quite a bit. And I know that was some, there were some complaints on that front um, early days that they seemed to have jumped on pretty quickly and, and improved the the feeling of, of, of charging. And so maybe that's why I'm into the aggro war bands these days is because it just feels good to uh, charge a guy across the board throw rip tooth at somebody and and let him go to town yeah go get him yeah yeah all right uh well let's uh we've kind of been covering it in in general the impressions uh at this point in its in its current state uh let's let's cover some pros and cons and uh uh let's start uh let's give one of each to we'll we'll cycle back and forth in in that so phil give me a pro give me a con yeah and and i guess i to clarify what I'm thinking of when I'm saying pros and cons, I'm thinking like, what are the, so if, if, if you are a person who loves underworlds, you're already playing underworlds, what are your pros and cons for choosing to pick this up and play it? Um, and then also like, if you've never played underworlds before, what are some pros and cons? So there's, there's, there's some sort of different sure. nuance to some of these, but, but I think, um, an easy pro, uh, is that you can use this, especially right now. An, a nice pro is that with it being through steam, you can play with people all over the world. Um, which, uh, if, if you need to get a game in and you can't go anywhere, that's going to be really nice. When um, would that ever happen though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> never, never. No. Um, uh, but then, um, so a a con then is that, uh, you could, and I I don't know that I would necessarily see this this way, but, um, you could see that a, uh, a con to having a digital version of a game you already play is that you're now paying again 
for things you already have. Um, but I, I'd like to think of it more as like you're paying for the convenience of being able to do it in a digital version mm -hmm. um, rather than you're thinking of buying the cards twice. So Sure. I mean, I bought plenty of card sleeves that I have probably never used. <laughs> I have the yeah. icon of a warband that I own. So that's good. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, and I'm going to immediately depart from that structure. Uh, Aaron, give me a pro or a con or a neutral comment or whatever. Give, give me, give me something about this. Um, I want to say it's coming from a guy who's sort of a inter intermediary player. Like I'm not a beginner. I feel like I've been following the game for a while now. I'm friends with you guys. So it's hard not to pick up some stuff just from a, by osmosis uh, but at the same time by no means do i put the reps in that you folks do um so i'm not as like quick on the draw with some with uh underworlds as, as a whole so one of the pros obviously is the fact that like the game does do a pretty good job of holding your hand and at the very least making sure i don't forget stuff um mm -hmm. i do find if i click away and like i get distracted for a little bit and i come back i immediately forget what phase i'm in whose turn it is <laughs> is this a power phase or an action phase um or, you know, am I supposed to be scoring objectives? So, like, I still still get lost sometimes. But um, the fact that it does uh, has a very sort of clear timeline and it, it holds your hand, I think, fairly well um, really helps. And in doing so, I feel like it's, it's maybe tuning, like, fine-tuning my brain a little bit that, like, I want to get back on, the like, the tabletop because I want to take sort of what I've learned. And I understand the rule sets aren't exactly the same. But, like, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a little bit more in tune now. Uh, and I would like to bring that to the tabletop and start... Uh, utilizing my newfound skills um a little bit so that's uh pretty cool and then i, I will i'll slip in just a, a con a personal con i don't know if this applies to many other people besides me but like i feel like when i play i do sort of set my board up in sort of a, a certain way and by board i mean sort of the ancillary stuff around the board like i know where my tokens are i know where i put my cards i know where my mm -hmm. you know fighter cards are and you kind of got to get used to like where everything like lives on your screen in this game. Mm -hmm. And I have a hard, sometimes have a hard time like figuring out, well, man, what, what attacks does this guy have? I mean, you guys have memorized all this stuff, but like, oh, I don't know, is he going to hit for two or is he going to hit for three and sort of mm -hmm. finding where all that lives quickly is a little tricky, but like, that's not the, the game's fault. It's more my fault and be sort sort of my habits of where I would normally put things versus where it exists in the, on the screen. Um, but then again, I wonder if that'll also start to change my like, arrangement it when i do play physically you know two or three years from now so <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to you phil what do you got so uh, something that is pretty nice um as as somebody who has forgotten cards and or models before you might appreciate this um <laughs> that so it's got its built-in deck builder and you save your decks to your warbands. And so if you then go to jump into a game and say, I want to play with this warband, it just auto loads in your warband and your deck and everything for you. And you can like save off multiple copies of different decks. Um, I don't remember how many deck slots there are right now. I, it's not it's not infinite. There is a limited supply of like save slots that you can have, but it's enough. It's looking, that like, you could... it's looking like seven. Yeah, you can have you can have more than there are warbands at the moment. So mm -hmm. if you had like two different builds you were testing out and you just like because you can name them whatever you want. So when you jump into a game, it's just asks you, you know, which warband you want to play. And then you just say, oh, I want to play my Steelhearts one or I want to play my Steelhearts two. And you just know that like it's all ready to go and you just click a button and you're everything's set up for you. So there's sort of that nice uh streamlining of just setting up games and like 
having your deck ready to go. Um, and then uh, sort of to go along with that, like like Aaron was saying, it, it does sort of walk you through the game. You can't really miss anything because it, it makes you, you know, it's very structured. You have to go through the process in order. You can't miss anything. You can't jump I would, over. I would argue you can miss some stuff. You you can <laughs> miss experience. stuff. But but it, it but you have you know, to be really bad at the game. Well so so that was sort of there were some this is this is something that I had listed as a con um that I think has gotten better. I think I think it's pretty much not a problem anymore. But um as this game is still in early access, there are still some, you know, UI uh and user experience things that it's and, and Aaron even kind of mentioned this, that it's like, oh, trying to figure out where where is all the information that I need on the board. Um, and so I think what Aaron's alluding to is uh, like scoring in the end phase. It, it was possible to accidentally just skip over scoring if you didn't realize that you were supposed to drag your cards to like the discard pile when you scored them. Yeah. Um, so if you just like clicked next, you just missed scoring your cards. Um, feel bad yeah so um but like i said that's been fixed and um i think they've streamlined a lot of stuff they made it faster to get to your tool tips you can figure out like what what actions you can take with each fighter and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. um so but but so the the pro i was going to get to is that as it's as it walks you through those things it does put a timer on each of your actions partially mm-hmm. because you know you're likely playing with other people and it's going to sort of enforce that you keep the game going um, so that somebody doesn't accidentally like disconnect from the game and then the other person's just waiting forever um, but i think that's actually kind of nice because in a physical game a lot of times if it's casual you won't like give the player that you're against any sort of like you're not probably going to tell them to hurry up um because that's not very good sportsmanship. But if a timer does it for them, it kind of can enforce learning to play quickly and learning like what it is you need to do to be efficient in the game without it being like a negative play experience. Mm. Hurry up with your point. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> timer. oh man. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say the exact same thing because I, I've had that timer hit me a couple of times now. Um, surprise, surprise. And so I, I understand why it's important. And, and most, you know, 1v1 games like this, they always have, have timers. So that, that's, I think, pretty par for this type of game. Um, so I understand the need. I just prefer the other the other player to have the timer and I have all the time in the world. It just seems it seems fair. Um, oh, I'll give you I'll give you a pro. Uh, I'm a guy who does not get his stuff painted at all what whatsoever and so it this is maybe one of the few times that i ever get to play with war bands that are completely uh fully colorized um which is nice they look great uh on the table and to expand on that i think the game does look look very very good the, the models are very true to the actual um game models um i'm mm-hmm. looking at like looking at some of these dudes and i'm like i remember filing that mold line like i know exactly where that, <laughs> that comes from um and furthermore they've already started to dabble a little bit on some like customizable uh, options um in that like you can change sort of the color schemes um for your dudes like now you can't go in and start you know pinpointing like i want this to be black or whatever but like you can mm-hmm. you can just palette swap some of your or i i guess every warband at this point 
Uh, and so if, can your steel hearts be hallowed knights? Um, no, I, I, they have one additional option for each one. And I think each option okay. is always like the black option. So I believe the steel hearts turn two anvils of the Helden hammer. Yep. They that is do. Yep. Um, I will say those alternate skins right now are all for early access players only. So you are only getting them if you are already part of early access. So if you want to have those additional skins, they, they will, I would guess they will come as DLC at some point. Um, well, and the concepts least, are there, like it, yeah, they have sure. the tools yeah. to do, to do so in the future. Yeah. And, and so I would guess we'll, we'll even see more of them down the line. Well, uh, while we're talking about appearance, talk, talk to me about the, uh, the board and the, the scenery and maybe even the sound and, and uh, music, like how does, how does that all coalesce for you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, personally, I think it looks really cool. Um, so all the boards are 3D renderings. So it's uh, like each tile is texturized and has its own look. Um, and all the objectives. So um, as if you if you play the tabletop game, you know that all the different objective markers, each number has a different like icon for what they are. Um, mm -hmm. Right now, I can't for the life of me think of what season one uh, objective icons were, but <laughs> um, like a box and a sphere and, and a I think it was shard. like a book maybe or something. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Point is, uh, when you first load up the game, since nothing is standing on any of the objective markers, they all are like these raised three-dimensional colored uh, things. So it's very obvious like where the objective markers are, um, and. I think that that's super cool. It gives like, I don't know, I guess it, it allows you to imagine what the objectives are in a more like concrete way rather than just like, that's five, that's four. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, why am I holding this thing? Sure. Um, and and uh, the animations are pretty nice and they all feel very correct for the type of uh thing that it is in the universe so like the mm -hmm. stormcast i don't know they feel like stormcast they're guys in big armor stomping around sure. and hitting you with big stuff so um so it sounds like it's it it kind of helps with i mean it's not a game we talk a lot about immersion but it kind of helps with that like there's a yeah there's a reason we're playing a game with these particular figures in this world you know, with this, you know, this backstory and that often takes a back seat, but, um, but it, it sounds like that gets kind of amped up in a way that you maybe don't always get on the tabletop. For sure. For sure. Um, and, and the music's great. I think the ambiance and the music is really good and the sound effects have been done really well. Um, and so like, I think it does like with most video games these days, I feel like it does a really good job of sort of presenting the universe to you and like making you feel like you're within that universe i don't know what it, have have you felt the same way aaron yeah no i have i'm, I'm looking at some of the, the the screens now and like it you're in shadespire and, and on these boards like sure it it restricts you to like the hexagonal like the actual board placement obviously and like it, the little hexes are raised up on the little platforms that you're in i don't know i keep saying little you, or not you little can't just you can't just wander off into the city no <laughs> i mean well, i wish uh but like looking around you're in a uh you know a, a shayushian temple like there's candy Candles like fluttering, like flickering off in the distance. You can see folk and smoke and fog sort of floating around. Like it, 
it, I mean, given the the setting, it, it does, I think, a much better job of placing you in the game than the tabletop does. Obviously, it's not the tabletop's fault. Um, I suppose if you wanted to, you could build your own terrain and, and doll it up if you wanted to as well. Yeah. Uh, again, shout out, as we've already done, uh, to Miniature Fight Club, who did exactly oh, that. Oh, yeah. No, I saw that. That, <laughs> yeah. that was awesome. Yep. But, like, this is, yeah. this is, this looks like a, this looks like a platform out of straight out of some you know action RPG sort of game that you you'd be playing, mm-hmm. but you're playing your board game in it. Um, I, another thing along those lines, maybe my favorite part of this game, you know what? I'm just going to come out and say it. It is my favorite part of the game. Is actually right. arrange picking and arranging the boards uh, is mm-hmm. a really slick uh, execution of that sort of you know two second decision that you have to do. Um, you can cycle through all the boards that are available, and there's only the the shade spire ones that exist now but the way like you can imagine how it could be complicated to sort of how how do i arrange it how do i spin it like that seems like it would be hard to do but they they figured out a way to make it completely smooth completely streamlined very clear what you're doing and how you want to spin the board and line it up against the opposing person if they pick first like how you line it up against them it's got this sort of minimized um minimalistic view of it um but it it is a very effective way to sort of explain what you ought to be doing, which I imagine could be confusing for maybe new players sure. or something like that. So uh, it seems like a dumb thing, um, but that particular thing, the, the the polish on that shows that they really did a great job uh, with the game. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it is 100%, I think, sometimes the, the setup. I remember when I was showing new players, it, it felt like an overwhelming uh, component uh, at the same time as being a very important part of the game. Like you can you can drastically affect your, your chances with how you've uh, set up in place. So. Well, and all, and with that, like I think how many times I've, I've been sort of confused or having sort of staring down the barrel of where I want to put my objectives and like counting out the tiles, like, Oh, where can I, where can I put it? Is this too close? Is it on an edge hex or whatever? Um, they also make that very clear. It's sort of on the same screen of like where you want to mm-hmm. um, clear. So you, you place it and it has a little window of where you can, or like a, like a range of where you can put it. I, I don't need to get into it, but the point is, is it's also pretty slick um, and, and it makes it very intuitive. Um, so they do a good job. Very cool. Um, Phil, what you got anything else you want to talk or do we want to talk about uh, uh, where the game sits? So I general? think, I think the only things that I would want to add are just that like, um, so obviously we've sort of talked about this as like, uh, if you already play this game, how is this going to feel coming over to a digital adaptation? But I think um, with all of the sort of uh, immersion and and sort of just quality of life improvements to make the game like well guardrailed and they like they sort of walk you through all the rules, it makes it easy to learn that I think there's a very real possibility that this this could then end up being a like jumping into point to go the other way. So Mm. um, for people who maybe don't normally go to game stores and don't normally play on the tabletop, if they do stuff in steam a lot and this just happens to be something they see for whatever reason and they try it out and they're like, Hey, this is awesome. How do I, you know, like this is a real thing. How do I get into this more? Um, I, I think it could serve as a springboard to get people to come from the digital into the analog, which I think is a cool thing that could help sort of build the community as well. Um, I, I can see that you get in there, you play with your steel hearts and then, you know, you look at the board game as a whole and you say, well, there's like 
you know, all these other war bands. I'd, I'd love to, you know, see what it's like to play with uh, Sylvaneth or, you know, something like that. And, and, yeah. Uh, or even if it's just like your first excursion into modeling, right? I mean, sure. you can yeah. just look at that and be like, well, those are really cool. I like that war band. I just want to have those guys. And so you just go mm-hmm. pick up a war band. And um, I guess the only like trouble with that is that some of the season one war bands are hard to find now, but mm. that'll become hopefully less of an issue as they continue to release uh, war bands. Sure. Um, so yeah, I think I think that could be cool. Um, and then, then the only other, which I mean, I guess is maybe not that big of a con, but just that like you do need some decent amount of computer to be able to run this. Like mm. you, you do need a little bit more than maybe a just regular like Word doc more than my running block and hamster setup. Or... Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if all you do on your current computer is check email and you're not sure it could handle anything else, um, you you may not actually be able to play this because you just can't run it. So, um, but it doesn't have huge amounts of requirements. You don't you don't need like a full tilt gaming setup to be able to make this work either. So, um, all right. Well, you're kind of talking about where it. Uh, fits into the grander scheme of things in the sense of, you know, as a possible gateway for digital to analog, where else do you think this sits? Uh, where, where does it rest as far as, uh, in the, in the underworld's, uh, universe, I guess, as far as what role it plays? Um, well, Aaron, um, well, I think, and maybe we talked about it a little bit, but like, I, I do think it can serve as sort of like a training ground a little bit. And I, and I understand that the rule sets are, are slightly different, so you'd have to get over that hurdle, but, um, like it, it can't like, cause as we talk about how it holds, holds your hand quite a bit, it, um, it takes the role of, you know, maybe a, a wizened, uh, gamer at your local game store who's going to, you know, show you the ropes, um, why interact with another human being when you can just have a computer do it for you uh, instead. <laughs> but um, I do think that it, it could hone some skills um, and it maybe allows you to get reps in that you wouldn't normally be able to do um, if you were, you know, focused entirely on the, on the table uh, top game. So I think that it, there's some aspect there that it would always sort of be useful, albeit maybe a little bit farther behind. Um, it also can harken back to a, a previous, you know, era of, of underworlds that like maybe doesn't exist or get played all that much, um, you know, at, at your local store, like every, everybody's on the cutting edge. If you want to go back to simpler times, then you can uh, check this game out as well. It can always serve, serve that um, purpose. Uh, but where do we see it going in the future? I don't, I don't predict that it'll ever catch up. And I think, I think Steel Sky even said that they don't know that they'll ever catch up with the main game. It'd, it'd be almost impossible to do so. Um, mm-hmm. But I think um, is, if there ever reaches sort of like a critical mass of the main um, game, it, it may get closer than it is now. Um, and in doing so, it may sort of uh, replicate that that current feel or get close to replicating that current feel. Um, and ho- hopefully it, it does. And then, um, I don't know, maybe it allows like a, a wider range of like on-the-fly custo- customization or customability. That's not a word. Um, so that like if you want to swap the, the look of your guys on the fly or like you want to test decks um, rapidly that you may not get a chance to do um, live. So it, it serves as sort of like a demo space a little bit of the things that you may want to eventually do on, on, on the tabletop. Um, so I think it, it is a good tool for uh, even maybe... Uh, you know, hardcore tournament players. It's a, it's a tool that like sort of keep in your back pocket. I think it can always possibly serve a use 
um, in the future. And it's just, I mean, it's still fun. It's still, it's still Underworld. It, it plays the same way. You get that, scratches that same itch. Um, you get that same uh, sort of enjoyment um, so that when you go home from the store, you can log up or log in, uh, fire up the game and, and play the guy you were just playing or gal you were just playing uh, for a few more reps. Yeah. Totally. Phil, you got any more thoughts on where this where this sits? Like, what what your um, what the role of this Underworlds Online is? Yeah. So I've been thinking about this a little bit uh, as they. So um, I guess maybe maybe we said this. They have the 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 uh, developers of the game have set up a Discord server for the game. So there mm-hmm. is a community that is uh, seemingly pretty accurate, active. Um, and, uh, so my guess as to what this could end up being is that it, it becomes so, so now in season three of Underworlds, we do have the relic format, which is just to say that all of the past cards, um, are still legal to use except for a set, you know, banned and restricted list, but it only applies to the relic format rather than the current competitive format um where this feels to me like it could become really popular is that it it uh gives a reason to play in the relic format um people i think might like not always want to just choose to do that in the physical game because it's like well they've been you know working on this deck and they've been working on these things and maybe they like put their season one cards away like physically they just took them and put them away in like a shelf somewhere and like i did yeah so it's like literally more difficult to want to go back and do um relic format whereas this all it is is relic format basically so it, it it almost could end up being a separate competitive avenue where you could have your current cutting edge competitive game and then you could have sort of your throwback version where you go back and play still competitively but with a totally different parameter set so it gives you it sort of gives you the reset where you're like well i know what the meta is but then you come over here and play online and you're like oh man i have to like completely rethink what i'm doing and what strategies are going to work well um so i do i do see that being good i i think i saw um i would have to double check but i'm pretty sure they posted that somebody in their discord community has already started setting up their first online clash um oh wow yeah um so i think i think that's actually not happened yet i think it's still coming up soon um so maybe this is already a reality maybe it's going to be a thing but um we'll see we'll see where it all goes i i do look forward to that though seeing how it takes off yeah it's a it's a thing i wish i could participate in especially now um and maybe we'll get there with uh they will upgrade our archaic machine into a a thing of beauty that can uh, manage it. Um, but uh, it it's uh, it was painful to have to uh, pass my code on to Aaron instead. <laughs> <laughs> it's painful to give me anything, really. Yeah, uh, anything at all. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that gives a that gives a pretty good overview. Um, 
I think we're going to forego a, you know, buy or don't buy recommendation. I think we've kind of given you the information with which you can make your own decision. It'd be a little disingenuous having received a free code ourselves um, to, you know, to say you should 100% buy this or, or, or not. Um, so I, I hope we've uh, equipped you with uh, what you might want to know about it or given some thoughts if you already own it. Um, I have cooked up just a handful of quick hit questions for you, you two, that uh, um, sort of off the cuff, you're going to uh, get, these are the real hard hitting ones. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Um, give me, of, of the four that are out now, which uh, Sepulchral Guard, uh, Iron Skulls, Boys, uh, Magor's Fiends, and Steelheart's Champions, your favorite warband of the four right now, Phil? Uh so I would say Magors because I've just always loved Magors, but I think given what what the game allows, I think I think Sepulchral Guard. I just think it's really interesting to be able to go back and play them in this in this setting. Fair, Aaron. Uh, I th- I'll, well, I'll take Magors, um, <laughs> it, especially with what I what, I, don't, I feel like. There's just more uh, recently. There's more. Um, aggro type tools that have been sort of released or maybe i just am now noticing them but uh there's something real satisfying about charging in uh swing in rolling dice uh that obviously magoras does great i mean i guess the jaws do too but um i just uh they they feel good they feel right uh at least until my skaven come out i think we have a a control caterpillar turning into an aggro butterfly (laughs) here yeah Yeah. i'm Uh, beautiful yeah (laughs) favorite fighter phil uh, I really enjoy the animations for all of the orcs. And I think Gerzag was especially cool. Um, so many of them have two weapons and I feel like a lot of the animations just feel very orky and great when they're smashing people with, you know, like, I think like Basha and Hacka do these things where they like jump up in the air with both of their weapons <laughs> to hit people. Um, and, and, and it's just, it just feels very orc like, um, which is always great to see. So that kind of covers one of my next ones. So Aaron, you're getting a double header favorite fighter and favorite animation. Okay. Um, favorite fighter. I don't really have a favorite. I mean, I'm, my go-to has been Magor just to, to play with cause he's a, a powerhouse. Um, but, uh, I think, from just like a stance point, like I, and not to steal uh, Eric Stomunk's thunder, but like the Prince of Dust is so lackadaisical. <laughs> like he's just he's just <laughs> kicking it. He's standing there. He's got his mace just on his shoulder. He's he doesn't have a care in the world. Um, and so like I like his attitude. I like his I like where he's coming from. Um, but as far as the actual animation goes, I uh, really love knocking back any of the armored dudes from um Agors. i think if you knock them back off their space because they look ridiculous as they're sort of like stumbling backwards <laughs> like off, off, off balance uh i can't help but laugh like that serves you right get off that objective nerd <laughs> <laughs> all right uh a couple of fighter specific questions does Magor ever use his uh belly mouth is that ever coming to play Oh, I, that feels like ooh, um, I've never zoomed in close enough to know. <laughs> so I think that I think that upgrade is in the game, but I've not played with it because I've always thought, oh, it's not a good upgrade. Um, <laughs> you are but correct. Now but I'm yeah. super curious, so I now I think I have to go and do it and play against the computer just to see if he would chomp people with yeah. the belly mouth. Uh, another fighter specific one: uh, Sepulchral Guard. People want to know. 
the uh, petitioner that's crawling out of the ground. Is he perpetually crawling out of the ground? No, or, uh... no. Unfortunately, <laughs> okay. the petitioners are all fully out of the ground. Okay. All right. Fair enough. That about covers it for all the hard-hitting segment here. Uh, it does occur to me there's a couple things we missed as far as uh, community shout-out stuff. I did want to mention uh, we're big fans of Underworld's DB, um, and you have there's a, a validation tool you can it'll tell you if your deck that you've built on there is uh, valid for online play. Oh yeah, Underworld's yeah. Online, so that is is also available to you. Uh, and then uh, if you want to watch some streams and stuff, uh, Agents of Sigmar have been doing a fair amount of that on their um, their their normal battle reports are uh, excellently produced as always. But they also have uh, they have some of their um, online games on there if you want to mm. uh, watch. And I think they uh, if you are playing, I think you can even challenge them um, or, uh, you know, I, I can't stop you from doing that. So <laughs> <for> <laughs> and you <Maybe>. wouldn't. <laughs> no, maybe, I wouldn't. Maybe we'll guys. have to have. Uh, podcast grudge matches oh yeah all right that's worth getting a new computer for that's <laughs> the last that's the last one i needed to i mean i've got convince this balance. a room full of parts like i'll build you one if you want all right all right big old franken computer mm-hmm. um, uh anybody got any last thoughts before we uh we close out um i guess we could thank steel Cypher, sky for sending us codes is that what oh, we're yeah, worth doing definitely. Yep. Yep, yep. I, i'd just say like not that i'm super active on the discord but like they they post stuff a lot of the time and they like let people know what's coming soon and like they're they're very responsive and active and i think that's super great so kudos keep it up this sounds like such a excellent yeah it sounds like a like a mundane compliment but like they're doing everything i think the way they're they're supposed to like they're doing everything right from from my vantage point so uh plus it was cool to talk to them not too long ago so all right well thanks everybody for listening um and as we as we talked about at the top, it's uh, it's a good time to be helping other people out. So, if you need help getting in touch, if you just want to chat, you can uh, you can lean on us for that. If you want, you hit us at, at wthcast or whatthehexcast at gmail uh, If you need more content to listen to, there's all our podcasts on uh, themortalrealms.com. Uh, you can check out the the variety of shows there. Dogs of War Cry. Uh, probably by the time this drops, we'll have another episode out. Um, story phase. Aaron's got a, a real plate full of editing to do there, but uh, <laughs> uh, Seraphon's on the way there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's uh, that's good stuff. Uh, we have we have a little bit of stuff that uh, um, if you're if you're contributing to the to Patreon tip jar, you get a little early look at. Most of that's a result revolves around story phase items. Um, we we aren't really uh, generating anything like that for um, what the heck's yet. Although, we, but we you could. We could, um, in the in the short term, we're gonna try and maybe put out a little bit of extra content while uh, while people are holed up, uh, and some it'll be some some uh, cross posting. I think uh, I'd like to get out. We we did, uh, uh, Aaron, you were on that episode where we uh, did Josh Reynolds' novel, uh, The Mirrored City, mm-hmm. uh, Shadespire, uh, The Mirrored City, yeah, Shadespire, The Mirrored City, and that that was uh, I I actually love that book. Um, and it was, uh, it's a novelization, um, but not, uh, it, it, I don't know, it, it transcended that uh, rather sort of mundane appellation. And uh, it gives you some of the idea. We talked about immersion a little bit earlier in the episode, and that, that's what I felt from that book. And so it was real fun for that. And there's 
man, it is replete with hidden gems if you know the season oh, one yeah. cards and fighters real well. So it's super fun for that. Um, one more thing that we forgot to mention uh, earlier is that uh, in preparation for Adepticon, we're going to have our big reveal as we strutted around uh, incredibly handsome and dashing in our new gear. Uh, we, we got uh, some T-shirts done up. Uh, they're done up for each of the three shows uh, that uh, that our network does. Uh, but there's some what the heck's there, and those are uh, those are available now. If you uh, just need something cool and comfortable to wear at home and show off to your cat and your spouse, <laughs> in that uh, order. Aaron, Aaron, how I don't actually uh, how would somebody go about finding those? So the storefront is uh, themortalrealms.com/shirts, and that'll redirect you to the Teespring store mm, obscure mm-hmm. yeah real deep right. gut how will i like ever remember D's. that yeah uh but yeah t-shirts and there's a there's a cool hoodie for the uh the uh the story phase the mortal realms main uh main cast stuff uh, so yeah go check them out if that's a if that's the thing you want um it's it's just barely above cost we take a we take a tiny little uh pinch to uh help out with some of our costs just a, um, just a there. sprinkle just a just a touch but uh yep our uh very talented eric or stonemont gamer did all the design work on them and they are cool as hell so uh check them out uh even just to even just to look at them and appreciate his hard work we talked about that we've got uh your recommended listening uh for this episode it's gonna be we're all in this together old crow medicine show and from afar by vance joy uh for what the hecks i've been davy this is phil and this is Aaron. Someone's got good? to. Do we do it good? I think yeah. we did it. We, Done did right. it good. Yeah, right. that's I was gonna say. <laughs> if if any of it doesn't make sense or if you feel like the it doesn't flow well, I have no real strong attachment to any of this. Just uh here we go. Then so uh we'll back it up and cut a bunch of stuff out and yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. So um uh,